Matthew Petrel sent Hitler 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 This is Athenexus episode 121 The Construct and the Index on Saturday April 5th 2014 and now it continues to be superior to all others This episode of Athenexus is hosted by Ryan Rampersad and co-host Matthew Petrel Hey how's it going It's good how about you Doing quite well. How are you today? I'm pretty well. That's good. Normally I would say really, but you, you changed how it goes. You know... It's one of those days. Things are always changing. Only every five seconds. Yeah, because um, that's the new... It's the new second. rule. Yeah, it's the new second. It is the new second. That, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. But I see you've uh, updated the ticks clock. Yeah, and so... And devoted a whole monitor to it. it. It it has a new home. I'll send a picture to the Google Plus later, but for those of, of you that don't know what a ticks clock is, it's a clock. That has squares, and the first set of squares represents the ones in the hours. Second set represents the... I did that wrong. Keep going, keep going. (laughs) I did that wrong. I don't know which one is the ones and which one's the tens. I just know how to read it. Don't worry about it. But I I, I enjoy this one a lot more than the previous one, because uh, this one refreshes every five seconds, and it isn't as colorful. So so the old one I had was on my first website, and that was a long time ago, and... It's pink, lime green. And... Yeah, it like, well, it had color, it had variety, and the problem was that it would refresh every second, and that would become basically a, uh... Made your eyes want to bleed blood. I was looking for a word that fit that description, Hurts. but... <laughs> Hurts, it does. Okay, fine, fine, we'll go with that. So what'd you do this week? Other than stare at the five-second refreshing text clock. I'm just trying to... If, if, so if it hurts, I mean, how many... If it's five seconds... It will... Never mind. Um, no, I delivered the mail, you know? Did you deliver the yeah, mail yeah. in the snowstorm? Yeah, and let me tell you, uh, that rainstorm before the snowstorm is uh, what made me cry in the inside. On the inside? Through the rain? Well, I mean, technically, it was more like freezing. Um, snowballs. Like, uh, it's it like hail. But... And never ending. Like, it just went on for hours and hours. And, um, no, it was not very pleasant. And today, my bosses weren't happy with me because, uh, uh, in one day's time, I could not deliver two days of mail. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, how was your uh, truck doing this week? Oh, um, truck continues to be superior to all others. Um, it does. Um, I have never seen somebody else with a better truck in this studio. I mean, my truck just circles around that stupid Escort and that other station wagon, that Saturn one that uh, Decker's got. Well, and that that sad excuse for a Jeep on the garage is, uh, well, indeed. I mean, and that bicycle that's never here anymore. I mean, I bet I could flatten it. Well, so uh, speaking of the Mr. Bicycle himself, Sam, uh, I found him this week. He uh, participated in our project that was due. Now... Uh, I found him, but then I lost him promptly thereafter. So he's in one of the classes that I'm in, as you might know. I hope. And, well, you don't know that for sure, nor do I. And so he, I was talking to him, and he is taking a uh, algorithms class, like a you know, senior level, or not senior, but you know, graduate level, I mean. Oh, nice. Graduate level uh, class uh, on algorithms, which I would stay away from at all costs. But it's the same professor that's teaching my class right now, so, like, you know. He's pretty familiar with them, and they use kind of the same book sometimes. Mm. So I asked Sam, "Hey, do you have that book for the class that I'm in right now?" And he said, "Yeah, I'll bring it to you tomorrow." Well, tomorrow came and he didn't do it. Imagine that. Well, I sometimes forget to bring a book, but he was in class, right? No, no, he oh. physically did not show up. Nor did the professor. So maybe this was part of the scheme. Oh, maybe they're just smoking weed and. Uh, well, the professor Denmark. was sick. 
of you and the rest of the class. That makes sense. No, he doesn't really interact with us. He makes his TAs do it. So I don't know. Well, like he had to make he sent the TAs to go tell the people in the class to go home. So that was that was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. So that's what I did this week. That's oh, good. and I also sat here in the studio watching two of the most exciting events all April. Uh, Neither we'll, of which were April Fool's Day jokes. Probably. Well, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, talking stuff about you know, this latest Amazon product. So you're talking about the new flat screen TV, right? No, I am talking about the new burning screen. TV? It's the new Fire TV. Yeah. To so continue I, the Fire line. So, so I watched the uh, keynote for that. Uh, was it even a keynote? But you know no. what's weird? So I didn't actually see Bezos at all. Like he might have been there, but because it wasn't like a stream... It was like just a live blog, and I did one from uh, Engadget, one from The Verge. I didn't really see as much as I thought I would. You got to see the pictures, but I didn't see our friend, the Bezos. But the good news is if you go to Amazon's homepage, even now it's still going on, you can see a letter from, from the Bezos. him yeah. to you, the consumer. Which is all that matters. Exactly. Right. I mean, you get that signature and you get that letter. That's all you really need to go off of. And so what other event happened this week other than April Fool's? Um, I don't know, build or something. Yeah, build twenty fourteen. It's, it's very exciting. I don't. What, what's your problem with consumers? Well, my problem is with build and how it's uh, you know, irrelevant. Besides the release, like, of would the you new prefer phones. its name be construct? I mean, construct. Yes. I mean, if they got Cortana everywhere, I mean, it might as well be like the construct and the index and everything else. It, it could, there's so many other things it could be instead of build. That is ingenious. I love that. Well, yeah. Either yeah. way, um, so what can you tell me about this new uh, Amazon Fire TV? Well, before that, where can you find these show notes? Mm. You know, I almost thought we got away with this out doing the site promo thing. No, I made sure we didn't because I was a circle and a recap. Okay. Um, it's not how it works, but either way, you can find the show notes at thenexus.tv slash ATN 121. Can you believe it? I mean, yeah. I've been around too long. I can't even. I can't even take yeah. the, the energy to compute what the time says. Right. Well, now. it's eleven thirty-two. Wow, that's so much easier. Yeah. So uh, let's begin with the Kindle Fire. I mean, the Fire TV. You're going to hear me say Kindle Fire pretty much every time I have to say and Fire you, TV. You can't say Fire Stick. I mean, no, you work. cannot say Fire Stick. It's it's, it's not it's a, a stick. It's, it's any you say box, it just sounds wrong. Well, so according to our favorite uh, person on the internet, John Syracuse. He classifies it as a puck. A puck. A puck. One puck. A puck. Hmm. So it is a box. It has a variety of ports, a powering port, an HDMI port, whatever optical audio port. Yeah. So in their table of contents, they were touting about how none of the Roku 3 and all the other ones don't have the optical audio. What is that? What is that? I've never used it. I don't know I, what I don't it know is. anyone who has. Optical. Is that for people who have like uh, AV receivers, I suppose? And it does HDMI something. HDMI is what I was assuming what the world uses. That is a good point. Doesn't HDMI do 5.1 yeah, 5. surround does. sound? I don't understand. Um, what does it do? Okay, But well, they have it. No one else does yeah, they by have, now. They, they have it by now. Uh, they also have an Ethernet port and a USB port. Now, Along with plenty of Wi-Fi. Yeah, so um, before we get to the Wi-Fi, though, the, 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 the height of the device is actually pretty impressive. It's only 0. 0.7 inches. So it's less than an inch tall. It's 4.0 inches wide. And 4.5 inches wide. Hmm. Did you know what that means? It's no. a square. I wow. It's not even a rounded rect like the uh, well-known Apple TV or Roku. So 
Yeah. Now let's talk about the remote a little bit before we talk about the features itself. What do you notice about the remote that you might have oh. never seen before? There's a little button right at the top that has a little microphone hole and oh, then a microphone little microphone button. hole. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, right. You in, can right talk in. to the remote, and I hear it will listen to you. Well, that's pretty good. What else do you notice about the remote? Um, it's got a circular circle thing yeah Yeah. um, very much like the apple tvs Mm -hmm. and presumably the button in the middle is like the select or enter key yeah yeah Um, and then it has another two rows of buttons it has a menu home and back button kind of like android imagine that and it also has a rewind play and uh fast forward button for you know watching videos and stuff because that's kind of what you would do with this device so yeah, you know, it's uh, kind of a weird thing that the uh, remote is probably uh, the funniest looking product they've ever made. Like, it's not even carved out of aluminum. But th- I think that's fine. Is it? Yeah. I expected more. No, I didn't. And how thick was the Fire TV again? Uh, 0.7 inches. So uh, an official um, hockey puck is three inches wide and an inch thick. Wow. So it's smaller than a puck. It's smaller than well, a puck. Well, it's, it's wider, but it's... Height is smaller. Okay, fine. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the internal specs. I think this is kind of interesting. So um, the the Amazon website lists the processor as a Snapdragon 8064. Have you heard of that? No, I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that in my life, and I've been here a while. But officially, from the iFixit team, it is a Snapdragon 600. Believable. Yeah. Um, so that means it has a quad-core processor uh, clocked at 1.7 gigahertz and some pretty decent graphics, uh, Adreno 320, which means it's probably pretty close to being equivalent to what is known as a Nexus 4. Yeah. Uh, so an S4, uh, S4 Pro, um, you know, like a Snapdragon 600, pretty much being the same. It has two gigabytes of memory. Now, note that it's only DDR2 memory, so things won't load fast, but that's still probably okay for a TV screen. Absolutely. If it's buffered video. Um, and you have a whole two gigs to play with that is... Right, so you just buffer more than yeah, you might need um, to compensate for that speed. There's, It's not bad at all. It's not great either. DDR2 slow. Where do you live? I love here where DDR3 isn't fast enough either. In five-second refresh land. But that's visually. It's It's, it's visually slow. How else can you perceive your TV? The sound isn't going to lag. How do you know? If your optical audio works. Well, okay. So then it has eight gigabytes of internal storage so that you can, you know, put maybe one and a half streams. So one of the features it was saying was it could start downloading things in the background so right. it through some magical magic it decides what it stores on there for you yeah i'll, I'll um, we'll get back up to that but yeah there that is there that, there is that feature but they say that it it can um you know just fetch any content you want from its cloud so i suppose that's yeah. fine uh let's see what else it has a bluetooth 4 for the remote so the remote is not line of sight which is really nice compared to the apple tv so mm-hmm. my grandmother, she has an Apple TV, although if that if you asked her, she would say she doesn't. Uh, one of her problems is, you know, the HDMI cable? Mm-hmm. Well, her cats like to go behind the TV and pull on the cables. Oh, that's too bad. And so the, the Apple TV gets, you know, slowly pushed or pulled, rather, from the front of the cabinet to the back, and then she loses remote line of sight. So by being Bluetooth, it can support, you know... Features and you know you can actually just hide it some even though it's minuscule. Well, that's its design. Like yeah. uh, they, they say, plug plug it in and hide it. Mm-hmm. So that's really nice. 
Uh, let's see. Supported content formats. I think that's probably something to talk about. H.263, 64, MPEG, VC1, various audio types. Interestingly, it only supports JPEG and PNG pictures. No GIFs. None. No GIFs. Why would you want a GIF on your TV? Cats. Uh, that's too bad. Uh, it does, however, require uh, a 720 or 1080p TV. Got to get those. Yeah, and Pretty hopefully po- people have it. You never know. And does not support... Does it support 4K? No, it does not support no. 4K. However, you probably could just upscale it or something with the TV itself. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, so one of the things I was wondering is, does it come with the HDMI cable? No, it does not. But So when you go to the cart to check out, not only can you buy the $40 controller, you can also buy their Amazon Basic HDMI. <laughs> Ow! Uh, you can also get their um, cable. Um, it's a 6.5 feet, and it's just... Five ninety nine, just just perfect for this product. I think it's kind of terrible that they didn't put the cable in. But it's, so right on the, if you scroll to the top of the Amazon's website, it, it lets you add to cart, and also says the added accessories, HDMI cable not included. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, it does say but, that. But six dollars is much better than the premium eighty. Well, I was going to say sixty that fine. the Best Buy charges for them. Well, yeah. I mean, so that's murder. So what are what are some of the features? What are some of the services that you can stream on the uh, Fire TV? So. In their exact words, you can stream Amazon Instant Video and Amazon Prime Instant Video. There is a separate branding for the two. Wait, are there really? Where? Where do you see this? What's on Amazon Fire TV? Wow, that's so bad. Yeah, um, but on top of that, you also get the full Netflix, Hulu Plus, um, ESPN, Pandora, Showtime, Huffington Post Live, iHeartRadio, and so on, so on, so on, so on. So I thought it was kind of weird that uh, there's all of these things, but... Really, other than Netflix and Hulu, and then of course the Amazon that's built in, have you really ever heard of any of these other things? No, I haven't um, either. It's I don't know. Um, well, there's no HBO YouTube. Go, and I've never even heard of HBO Go. Oh, so HBO Go is kind of a premium thing. So you you right next to you have a a bundle of a Game of Thrones book. Correct. Uh, so HBO Go is where, or HBO in general is where you can watch the Game of Thrones TV series, and in order to have HBO Go, you need to have a cable subscription anyway, or DirecTV or whatever, and then you can watch your content on your device instead of watching it live when it's presented each week. It's just, they just upload it to HBO, the the website, and then the app, of course. Yeah. But um, since apparently this doesn't have it, it might hit one day, though. Like, I, I don't see a reason why it wouldn't if anybody else has it. Yeah. So, did we talk about the price yet? Let's talk about the price. Yeah, it is very competitively priced. Is it? Yes. What is it? It matches its competitors at nine ninety nine. Yeah, there's there's a lack of nines in that nine. Nine ninety nine nine. Yeah, like I I was a hundred dollars. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, it's easy. one dollar less than a hundred. But imagine the tax. shipping tax. There's the shipping tax. <laughs> the shipping tax. Yes. So ninety nine dollars is great. Now, what does a Roku sell for? Do you even know? A Roku three is also a hundred dollars. Okay, so that's spot on with that. How about a um... Apple TV? A hundred dollars. Okay, so it's the exact same. Yes. Now, and I have a question for stick? you. Before we get to the crumb stick, do you think they're taking a hit on each product sold? No. No? You think they're selling at a cost? I, I imagine they are. Like, I might say that they're probably selling at a slight loss, um, only because putting a Snapdragon 600 might be horribly expensive, considering that a screen device, so in other words, Moto G, comes with an, uh, a Snapdragon 400, but it also comes with a screen. So the screen's $100, and then the S4, or the S, uh, S400 would be, you know, whatever, $50. So putting a 600 there is quite spendy. Uh, 
I still think they're going to be making a little bit of money on each one. Like they they've always been um not afraid of, you know, when they first did the Kindle Fire lineup. Oh, yes. You know, they were still like maybe 5 to 10 dollars, you know, over budget on the device itself, so they were losing 5 to 10 dollars for a while, presumably, not not continuously. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's great. Now let's talk about some of the features, voice control. Yes, and what can you control? You can control all of their in-house stuff plus um, some Hulu. Um, but the voice search does not work for Netflix or any of the other apps for any of the things. So That's kind of too bad. Yeah, I was hoping it was going to be something, you know, a little apart bit more from the rest universal. of Universal. Um, but no, so if you want to watch Amazon or Hulu, um, you can just tell your box, find this. You, you know, you press that, that. Micro- microphone button on the remote mm-hmm. and you speak into the remote and then it'll do your search. And allegedly, it works for some people, and it also doesn't. Allegedly, doesn't for some people. Uh, we have not had one in the studio to test, but now is that a surprise really to anyone? Like, that there's bugs in it. Okay, so imagine a living room. Your kids are yelling because they're children, and your dog is whimpering because it's lonely. And of course, it's going to be loud in there. So, I mean, it's not a big surprise that it doesn't work for some people. Yeah. Um. But um. So, what sure. about the interface? Like, do you have any thoughts on the interface in general? It. You've used uh, Windows Media Center. Yep. I think it looks like a clone of that with just a different color scheme. So I think it looks a lot better than Media Center right now. Like, if if Media Center turned into the Windows 8 equivalent of what Media Center could be, and then was Microsoft, I mean, branded in orange, yeah, uh, then, then you would be exactly right. I think it looks really nice. So basically, it's the... You know, Netflix style of presentation, all of the stuff has big pictures to represent each particular media thing. Now, what I'm looking at here is a screenshot of the TV and the UI. One of the things I'm not seeing is a browser. There's no browser on it? No. That's so weird. That's fine. Like, I would never release a product without a browser. I just don't know. Mm. You throw Opera Mini in there? I No, I put Silk because they have Silk. Mm. I suppose they do. Like, and they're putting it on a 600. A 600 can burn through anything. It's an XS4 in a square. Yeah, but so tell me, why do you think they, what was the main feature of why they needed to have this beautiful quad-core processor in there? So the main feature is actually part of a Ponzi scheme to make you buy a $40 peripheral that's probably the same gross weight as a Wiimote nunchuck. What a terrible description you have there. Why? Um, but no. Um, it's for gaming. How's that? Yes. Is that better? Um, so there are already a few games for it. A few. Minecraft, Pocket Edition. But otherwise, there's apparently some shooter game. With shooting. With shooting. And also there's a, a racing game. game. Yeah. That's it? Is that is that all we have? Um, no. There are 100 plus titles and 5,000 on the way. Can you enumerate even a quarter of 10? No, I personally cannot. But I guarantee you that there is a Android compatibility thing, so you can just rebuy the the things, and uh, it wins. Okay, here I found a full list of games. I'm going to read you some: Sonic, Despicable Me. You don't know Jay. I don't know. Uh, the Walking Dead, something. Um, Deer Hunter 2014. Uh, Badland, Sonic again. I think they might be repeating. Oh no. Uh, I- Rayman. Shadow Fight. Okay, so there's a bunch of games. None of them are probably top-rated games or A-quality games. Is Dots available? I don't know. Doubt it. So let's talk about the controller briefly. So what do you think about the controller? You've seen it, right? 
Yes, and what I hope it would let you do is menu um, selection. Oh, yeah, it does. Because it does. The, the remote, cause, uh, so like we said, the Netflix doesn't allow you to do the voice search. Mm-hmm. And the Apple TV, like entering passwords and other things, is really lame mm-hmm. on the remote. But if you had a controller... It might be a little bit better. I feel like it would be better. And there is no um, microphone on the controller itself, because it uses Bluetooth too. That's kind of weird, actually. And it costs more than the controller. I mean, this I would use it... Because I lose small items, mm-hmm. I would not lose a whole controller as quickly. Yeah, um, and I so, feel like I would. I would like to use that as the independent thing instead of having to rely on the controller. So you you use an Xbox more frequently than I do, and I use a PS3 more frequently than you do. So which would you we say? Both have never touched them. I was trying to make it sound really good. I which would you say it. this controller looks more like? Oh, easily the Xbox. Yes, I agree. Now, do you think it's going to be nearly as comfortable? Nope. Like there's no your, your hands will conform. There's no contouring there at all. It, it but it does look very form runner, so I'm okay with it. Now uh, I do enjoy the play and pause and fast forward button shortcuts on the that is of the that controller. is that is nice in case you because, lose the remote. Well, so I have actually used my Xbox 360 more as a, I've spent more hours using it as a DVD player than I have mm-hmm. as a gaming console. So um, one thing I don't see here is any overt integration with like a Kindle Fire. But but there is. There is a way to stream content from your fire over. Okay. Like, um, they're just not making it very overt, if that is the case. Well, see, it only applied to about ten people, so... I see what you did there. Yeah. Um. But no, this is part of the line, and there are... If you've already bought into the um ecosystem, it's good. Okay, so... And there's a lot of other features, like... um Like the like, x-ray thing? Mm-hmm. Like second screen x-ray? Yeah. And you can push your photos from your tablet mm-hmm. and video over... And so do you know how when they added that feature for the tablets, like, you could limit your kids, like, only let them play for 20 minutes on the tablet? Yeah, what is that called? Free time, I think? Yes. Amazon free time will also be next month on the Fire TV. Now, isn't that one of the things you had to pay for, like, a subscription? This is going to be free. Okay. No, uh, yeah, no, to the rest of my knowledge, you don't have to pay for that. Well, so is it is so let's say you wanted to go down the gaming route for whatever horrible reason. So what, it costs $140 then? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it a good deal? So, uh, in my opinion, it blows the ouya out of the water and oh, other yeah, other things like that. Do you know and why so, it blows the ouya out of the water? Is this real? Well, Taker 3 versus Snapdragon 600. What 600. now? What now? That's 200 more uh, than they even need it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bitter. Yes. Um, but the average price of a game on the Amazon Fire TV is only $1.85. Now, what does that mean? Like, does that mean most? Many are free. But the average price is a dollar eighty-five. So, did they count the free ones? Because yes, they, so that's can... the best way to lower it. No, so you shouldn't count any object that has a zero on it. Well, depressing. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about some reviews. Very mixed. Yeah, like I mean, insanely mixed. So mixed that there are seven hundred thirty-seven reviews total right now, and three hundred four of them are five-star reviews. Three more reviews have been posted since I haven't refreshed the page. Wow. And then 118 reviews are one-star reviews. Now, the to total g- is 3.6 out of 5 right now. So it's pretty pretty average. Yeah. So um, here, here's what just one person's brief review. The main feature, voice search, doesn't work. It will flawlessly figure out what I said, but will only search for Amazon shows or movies. Even if you are in the Netflix app and then show... 
is right there. Voice search will take you out of the app and show you Torchwood for a purchase on Amazon instead. But that's something that's been known. Like, that's... But, but how would you know if you oh, haven't if you just... listened to our podcast yet or actually read documentation? How would you know? Like, If voice search is the touted feature and then you go into an app that you use and it doesn't work, well, then you just assume it didn't work. Hmm. But... Now, do you think it's Amazon's problem that doesn't work, or do you think it's Netflix's problem that doesn't work? Well, I assume... so they let them build the apps for it. Well, well. Their fault. Well, so I assume that it is Netflix's fault because they just didn't get around to it yet, that presumably they, they should will. They should be able to fix their apps? Yeah, so they, the, the, it's just an API that Amazon exposes through their system. And so we know free time's coming next month. There's going to be updates for this. Oh, definitely. Um, and so I think this is one of the few things that are going to be out within six months. So if like not sooner. one of the things that, that isn't on here that could be levels like, uh, the, um, Mayday feature. Like if you needed help navigating or setting something, or if you needed help setting up your free time system for the kids, you could use Mayday, but it's not here yet. But eventually it could be like they already have a microphone. So why not? Right now? Well, one thing we don't have here and probably should wonder about is what system is this uh, Fire TV actually running on? What do you mean? Is it Android? It's Android-ish. I mean, it has, so it supports, um, what do they call it? It has Android compatibility mode for Android apps. Mm-hmm. So it has to be a form of Android. Yeah, it is Android. So it's exactly just like the Fire OS that powers the Kindle Fire lineup in general. And so... That's why I believe that it's probably both parties' fault. Like, obviously, Netflix knew that Amazon was building this and they were going to be putting Netflix on the product. But it's not nearly necessarily as obvious that Netflix was supposed to immediately update their app for voice integration. Mm -hmm. And it's not like Netflix really, really, really wants to have two different apps, one for Android you know, plain, and the one for Fire OS not plain. Wouldn't it be nice if Android in general had a built-in, ready-to-use, consumable API for voice? Well, there isn't on plain Android, but now there is for Fire OS Android. Yeah. So, um, one of the other things in the review um, section is there's a one-star review. So, if there's a... When you buy this, how many TVs do you think expect this to work on? One? Yes. Um, so, when it says networking, Wi-Fi, and Ethernet, what do you expect? I expect that that's stream? how you get your content. Yeah. Um, so one person believed that, um, like, it's like the Direct TV Genie, where it can network to other TVs in your house. I don't even know what that means. I guess you can Direct TV to more computers slash TVs. Weird. I don't know. Um, but the, the that would be a nice feature. Just imagine you got two of these or three of these. You know, one for each TV in the house. You're watching something in the living room. You want to go to bed, but you don't want to go to sleep immediately. You could just send it to the next TV. But it, 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 it does already, that. It does that. It does, it does that. that in the browser, and it does that. In, but it in... doesn't do that like seamlessly as a system. You just resume content. It doesn't say Which like is send this to bedroom. Fine. Well, there's no seeking or other things. I understand, but I feel like it could. There could be a better user experience um, if they wanted to. I mean, I just think that. There needs to be a better way to flush out these reviews for this product because I think it's worth trying. Well, and so if you read some of these, it doesn't sound like no, it doesn't. But you know, so one of the things that Amazon, all Amazon products when they come out, just like this, there's always quality control issues. Like I remember the first batch of Kindle Fires, they had so many screen issues, and the like the side of the screen was ungluing from the unit. Clearly, there's no screen here, so that won't be a problem. But there's going to be cases where something inside just doesn't work. Yeah. I remember when I got my first um, Kindle, what was it called? K3? Uh, Kindle. Yeah, yeah. Kindle keyboard. It had a screw loose inside and it would shake and rattle. And you'd just leave it. No, I sent it back and got really? a new one. Yeah. Oh. One day shipping. Free. Nice. And they even reimbursed me for the case thing. 
which I didn't take. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. like, I mean, if you don't like it, they just send it back, presumably, right? Yeah. So I, I don't really know what the problem is. Now, anybody who writes a review on Amazon for a tech product isn't who this is for. Yeah. And yeah. do you remember when you got your Chrome stick? Oh, yeah. Um, Before the Chrome stick had even shipped, there was already like 300 reviews on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that one day, like, I already have it and it's great. And it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. it's So there's a lot of fake reviews. Now, is there really a way for Amazon to do it? Well, I guess one thing Amazon can do, or you could do if you wanted to, um, is downrate them? Well, yeah, you could do that, definitely. But I think there should be a way somewhere, but I can't find it, to do the verified thing. Purchase. Yeah, verified purchase. Mm-hmm. There might not be a way to sort by that. When, on the review, it does some of them. If it, if they are verified, it just automatically shows right beneath their name on yeah, the reviewee. Right. So there's verified ones I would trust, but the unverified ones I wouldn't. Yeah, but it still ruins the whole looking at this and if i had fast internet at home i would get this in a heartbeat this seems nice a lot nicer than it's better than a chromecast if all you want to do is stream and it's better than a chromecast yes but you can what can this... the controllers and stuff what can this do that the chromecast couldn't pocket edition minecraft well right okay so then gaming in general and then that but also just like having a real user interface yeah. One of the problems I have with the Chromecast all the time is, like, I'll start up a YouTube video, right? Mm-hmm. And then I want to scrabble back or scrabble forward. It'll just explode during that process. It'll crash YouTube's app, and then I'm just left hanging, and I have no way to get back. Well, now that the device itself has a lot more memory, um, right. I mean, two gigs, you'll never... Because I, I don't remember what the Chromecast does, but I thought it was 512. And... It is 512. Okay, right. But it also has the slowest processor in the world, and... Um, well... It... M- <laughs> it's funny you say that because Marvel issued a statement saying that that processor was used in many high-end smartphones in its day. In its day. Yeah. yeah. Um, 2001. No, no, not really. Hopefully around 2010. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So there you go. That's the Fire TV. That was uh, the first big thing of the week. How about the second big thing of the week? Oh, that would be uh, Build 2014. Yes, Build 2014. Aren't you excited for Build you know how much of this stuff we knew before build happened? Like, pretty much everything. In fact, there's only, like, maybe three or four things here in my entire list that weren't known previously by me, not necessarily everybody else. So let's just go through quick, because build isn't nearly as interesting. There's not as much to talk about. Uh, Windows Phone 8.1 will be coming out later this year, um, sometime between summer and winter. <laughs> <laughs> That's... <laughs> they said June, didn't they? Yeah, summer and winter, sometime this year. I, I preferred the word June. I understand that's what you heard, but when Stephen Elop, is his name Stephen? Stephen Elop says yeah. something, you don't necessarily believe him. So Windows Phone 8.1, first thing they have is new tiled wallpapers. You know the tiles, right? Yes, yes. So, very so you put a wallpaper on your phone, and then the tiles carve out tiles out of the wall- wallpaper. So the seams are blank, and then the tiles themselves have the wallpaper applied to them. It's kind of cool. New themes for the lock screen, so that when you do, like, there's a bunch of different ones that are preset, then you can install more, presumably. They hype that so wrong, because it's supposed to make your Windows phone the most personalized thing in the world. Mm -hmm. But Like, why wouldn't they just make widgets, then? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a... and, And in fact, why is the lock screen different than the... Start screen. Yeah. Because isn't that the point yeah. of live tiles? Yeah. Okay, fine. So then the next thing is, of course, Cortana, 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 which is your specialty. 
Um, because it's unlike the Amazon Fire TV search, it handles everything. So inside of all apps and everything, um, you can ask it to do stuff. Um, so even when you're inside the phone app, you can have, it can show reminders and stuff and you can say stuff. Um, it is global. Um, and that's a really big thing. I was not expecting it mm-hmm. to work because I was expecting it to work with, you know, um, like the root level, like when, like, you know, Google now, like you have to open up the Google right. now thing and then say, okay, Google. Now, but this is always on. It's not always listening though. Like you do have to go into the app, but once you go into the app, it's there. And it's also in the background of all other right. apps. Like, right. um, it, you do have it, to summon it, but it's a lot bigger than what I thought it would be. I yeah. thought it was going to be a mm. junk search engine, like, and I'll just right. bing it for so you. So that's like, what I thought. I thought it, I thought it was going to rely much more on bing, but it doesn't seem to rely on only bing. It seems to be able to do things. And it, it really impressed me. It, it blew my expectations out of the water. So like, um, in the demo videos, you can see it, uh, you can, you can see the guy asking it to put a calendar entry for lunch on Tuesday. And it knows that, well, since today is Wednesday, he must meet next Tuesday. One of the things I hate about Google Calendar is that you can't do relative dating. Yeah, and that one thing I that's hate... That's absurd. A lot of times when I say just an hour, set an alarm for an hour from now, it doesn't actually set. Um, so that's really nice. One of the other things it can do is it can pick up on contextual clues. So that if you're having a conversation with it, that's one of their all other big things. It's a conversation. It's not just one command and then another command. It'll ask you questions to refine what you want. So if you're talking about your wife, like you want to set up a meeting with your wife, you can do that. And then it will ask you like where or when or how and whatever. Uh, it'll ask you conf- to confirm or deny when it doesn't know what it's doing, which is nice, I think. Yeah. Um, it also rely, uh, so unlike Google Now, which is weird, Google Now won't let you really pick options. Like to pick no, where uh-huh. you live and where you work, those are only the two choices you get. You can't and, have like a third option, and it's just weird. And it, it does ask you, do you find this relevant to you? But I don't ever because um. So as my job is now as a city letter letter carrier, right? You're everywhere. I visit hundreds of places, and so when I you open must get up spammed every day, it's like, do you want to go to this place? No, I was just delivering express, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm gone. I had a package. I'm going to the next place, and then it's just hundreds and hundreds of worthless location data. Well, there's all these businesses. Do you know where I get quite Bars. often? No, actually, I've been getting the source. Oh, well, you've gone there like three times now. In my life. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know about that. Now, uh, one of the other things that's cool about Cortana is that it can integrate directly into third-party apps. So, obviously, well, it, now, there's not a whole lot of things that will support it because it just started. It's not out yet. It just started. But they did demo it with Skype. So, you can say, uh, with Skype, call Sam. And then Sam will get ringed, but he won't answer. Yeah, and... And the Skype app will open. It'll do those things. So, it, it it's kind of like... Um, if you know anything about Android Dev, um, it's kind of like the intense system, so that you register with the system a bunch of tasks that the system can perform, and then you can tell the voice thing to launch that intent or that task. It's very much like that, and it's a great, great system. Yeah. And one of the things about this build was it was very, very believable. Like, sometimes when you see the keynotes, you know things are scripted in this, but uh, mm-hmm. because of all the... He did have a lot of errors, like it misinterpreted and other things. Yeah. But this isn't even out yet. It's a beta. Yeah. And that's... It'll be launching as a beta. And now, as we all know, when you launch a beta and you only have like, you know, 200 testers, 
you know, small data set. But when you launch to hundreds of thousands of people, it grows quite fast and it'll get refined quick. Yes. Now, unlike Apple, I think Microsoft is sad and frightened. So they might actually try to make it good on like series early launch days. Yeah. And I think it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And so where is Katana coming to? So remember when I had my iPad 2, I was very sad that I wasn't getting yeah. Siri. So, you know, it's not coming to Windows, Windows. It's not coming to like your desktop or your laptop. Now, it could come later. For example, update 2 of Windows, Windows. So, okay, fine. It will only be coming to Windows 8 and above devices but if they're updated. Yes, and it's going to be an over-the-air update to all existing Windows 8 phones. Sometime between June and winter. I have you should very, say spring and winter. I have very little faith in any of that oh, actually happening in right but, time. But so that's one of the interesting things. So they've pledged to backport Cortana, Cortana, Cortana. Backport in terms of what? Like old Windows 8 phones there that are aren't no, now. There, there are no win- old Windows 8 phones. They've all come out in the last year and a half. Like Old. That's not old, though. But Apple would have considered that. Do you remember well, yes, the, the of Siri deadline? Yes, of course. Um, people were crushed. Yes, yes, of course. But that's they have to really do this because the Windows phones, phones have very little market value. Like, oh, you have an iPhone 4S? It's still good enough. Whatever. You're not missing anything. Wait, yeah. that has Siri. Never mind. Okay, so there are other things that were in Windows 8.1 phone edition. Um, Action Center. Why is this new? I don't understand because I'm not a Windows phone user. But apparently it's a new <laughs> way to toggle your Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, airplane mode, and see notifications globally. Yeah, I... Um, I don't I don't know. Yeah. A new keyboard? <sighs> Just like Swipe. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, nothing well, I mean, it's, it's I don't like Swipe. Well, I don't either, but it, a lot of people love it. And I'm sure there wasn't a good way to put Swipe on a Windows phone because it's kind of Android-based. If only they could put actual keys on it without getting sued. Oh, no, I can't do that. No. Uh, a new version of Skype, as I mentioned. Uh, refreshed core apps. The calendar has a pretty big overhaul, which looks really nice. Much better than Google Calendar app, which is funny. A uh, new email app that supports IMAP. <laughs> uh, also, which is really nice, new mobile Wi-Fi battery and storage visualizations. What does that mean, you ask? Well, you can see very granularly which is hard to say, what apps use Wi-Fi, mobile data, and battery, and you can also see where things are being stored and what types of content is using that storage in a nice pie chart and timeline graph. It's really nice. I wish Android had something as finely tuned as that. Uh, Microsoft clearly knows what it's doing when it puts in data like that. Yes. So, you've highlighted the Nokia phones. Why don't you tell me about them? Well, they're good. And is one missing? Or, uh, never mind. No. Um, the the so, two on the bottom are just the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's, uh, gonna be some new Nokia Lumias out there now. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 930 is gonna come out. It's gonna be about $600 unsubsidized. It's five inches, 1080p, not, not the 1140. Like you know, that. so 1080p is what I have here on the Nexus 5, and five inches is also what I have here on the Nexus mm-hmm. 5. It's a fine size. Not a problem. Yes, but do you have 20 megapixels in your camera? I don't have a 20 megapixel camera. So just like that Lumia 1020, I think yeah, is what it look, is. Yeah, he is big on this you know, camera stuff. Instead of having 40, this one has 20, which is still just fine. Yeah, um, 2.2 gigahertz uh, CPU, 2 We don't gigs know what CPU. Yeah. However, it, Windows 8.1 has enabled, I believe, Snapdragon support. So you might assume that there might be a Snapdragon in it. Yeah, um, and full LTE. That's good. We need that. And two gigabytes of memory. That's that's plenty for a phone. Yeah, that's well, yeah. 
For for Windows Phone, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it comes with a pretty nice looking metal case. Now, if you look at it, and I don't know if I have a picture nearby, but if you do look at it... Is there one on the... Yeah, there's one in that link. So don't look at those first pictures, because those are the yeah. classic ones. Look at the second set of pictures. It is a really nice metal iPhone 4-ish band, and then the back plates are what you can pick for colors. So it's kind of like a hybrid between a, an iPhone 5 and an iPhone 5C or mm-hmm. iPhone 5S, 5C, um, you know, you can do the color, but you also get that rich, solid metal band holding it together. And then, of course, there's the other phones, right? What, what about them? So there are the 630 and the 635. Um, we don't know too much about the specs, but they're going to be 4.5 inches, uh, 5 megapixel camera, eh, which... Fine. Good enough for being cheap. Yeah. We heard about um, the pricing. Very cheap. Both of them will probably be under $200. So um, for pricing, the... Um, the the one in the U.S. will be the 635. The um, 630 is for, meant for non-U.S. markets or mm-hmm. non-Europe, non you know like developing countries, right? Uh, the 635 will be around um, let's see, 180, one, yeah. 189, 200. Um, that'll be shipping sometime later this summer, but between that and winter. And it's still a fine phone, like a, even though it's not as cool as you the know, if, 930. If you buy this and you expect it to last two years, you're probably misguided. But this is way better than any of those. It's play with Cortana. Right, exactly. If I, I want to have a conversation with her, I would spend totally $180 to do it. Now, so you could get this or you could get one of those Nokia X phones for 169 Which would you do? One of these. Yeah, um, exactly. Because those Nokia X phones, if you watch the video from, what was that, MWC? If you watch those videos, you'll see the leg dripping off of them. Yeah. And plus, these have nice little click-on plastic cases. Right. So I think this is a great deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's next? Uh, we have Windows 8.1. Which update I ignore. One. Yeah, so there's not a whole lot to say about it because primarily, yeah, there's not much to say about it. There's nothing we didn't know that was coming in this update that we didn't know about. Okay, fine. Now, let's talk about Windows Whatever, because we don't know what it's called yet. Windows Whatever is a version of Windows that is unreleased, that is not Update 1, but will be coming in the future. We don't know if it's Windows 9, and we don't know if it's Windows Update 2. We don't know what it is, but it's Windows Whatever, which I think is a great name, actually. The Start Menu will return, and it's going to bring some of its Metro tiles. So, for instance, you can open the Start Menu, just as you always have. Windows key? No, just clicking on the Windows button just, in the corner. So it'll, it's not going to take me to a terrible screen? It won't take screen. you to a screen. It'll just open a Start Menu. And uh, now, there's that, but like the Windows 7 version of the Start Menu, where you have one column of, like, frequently used apps, and then on the other column you have, like, your username, and then computer, and the networking and stuff... The secondary column will be changed instead to having Metro tiles. Now, what I always dreamed of for the uh, better version of Windows is that the start screen would always be around, but instead of taking over the first, the whole screen initially, it would only take like a little portion. So like this part of the screen would slide over because that's their big thing with the on the tablets, right? Um, like the whole unified, like, right? It would just slide over. So you click on the start menu, and this whole screen would literally just slide. Like the whole desktop would just slide. You like click whatever Windows you C, Windows key C, it comes in from the right. Right. And so imagine um, instead of overlaying, it would just slide the desktop. It wouldn't move the desktop. Yeah, it wouldn't move cover all your icons. It would just well, it would and just anger the entire yeah, the, user base the, that only uses the the icons wouldn't move. Like it would just push the desktop. Like the desktop was floating, and then that start menu by opening it pushed the desktop. But and then it, if you pressed it again. It would open all the way. It would make sense that way. This way it makes sense too, but fine, be that way. Now, there's also going to be Metro apps that will be window mode enabled. 
So if you ever wanted to use Windows Metro Mail, you could. Hmm. Nice, huh? Mm-hmm. Those are the only two for- forward-facing features we get to know about. Then that's fine. Is that um, is it? This this is about phones and it's not about phones it's about cortana yeah it's about cortana really now finally we have the internet of things and devices now so windows will be free for any device with a screen that is smaller than nine inches Hmm. what does that mean so you remember a few weeks ago when we started hearing rumors about a free version of windows for like netbooks and you know things to compete with chromebooks yeah well this could be that really so in a way so uh, if you have a small tablet this could be that if you have, um, you know, like in cars or other devices, yeah. you know, this could be free. Free in a car. I think that would be like the one exclusion because car manufacturers have the both done. Like they, they can spend, they can spend 200 bucks. It won't matter on the car price. When you're buying a $45,000 exactly. car. Yeah. Um, you better not buy windows with it. I mean, you should. You should. You should probably get a windshield in your driver's side and right side, and your rear. You should get lots of those windows. But you're gonna need a lot of insurance if you're running XP. Well, could you imagine that <laughs> crash? Yeah. Yep. Well, that That'd was be... our uh, top news section. Yeah, and it makes the rest look boring. Yeah, it does. Um, so should I begin with the most exciting news of the week? Yeah. Talk about the thing. The thing. The, the, the BlackBerry. The ba- BlackBerry. 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 Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, that's exactly the same tune T-Mobile's singing. Oh, but not really, because who cares about BlackBerry? This week, T-Mobile has lost their favorite business partner, BlackBerry. After the breakdown in company relations as a result of T-Mobile's pro, not BlackBerry discount promotion a few weeks ago. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. You know, $200 for a um, BlackBerry or $100 for a non-BlackBerry, you know, something like yeah. that. Uh, so BlackBerry has decided to end their licensing agreement. You know, who's that really hurting? BlackBerry customers on T-Mobile. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what was BlackBerry thinking? <coughs> I mean, I don't know. It's it, they do that. It's a sad loss. Well, but you they know, can only do that once. Like they can only do it once, and they can only go back. So like, it's not a big loss for either party here. So I don't really know. Uh, mm-hmm. Still sounds bad. So a new record has been set over at Mozilla. Their latest CEO has lasted 11 days. Yeah, 11. Um, Revolutionary. Brendan, I can't say his last name. Ike. Ike. I think. Uh, either way, the, the CEO has now resigned after many employees have been very outraged by how he voted and how he supported. So we didn't talk about last week when it started, but basically he was supporting Proposition 8 and that was... Privately. He wasn't like... Fun. Right, right. He wasn't course. stealing Mozilla funds no, no, to do no, this, and no. he didn't he, make a splash he, page on Firefox's website no. saying, "Hey, hate homos like me." He donated a thousand dollars to the Proposition Eight party, your guess. And um, <laughs> so when he was selected to be what is it, CEO uh, last week, he decided to um, tell everyone this, I guess, and everybody was so angry. But why would he? I don't, I don't, I don't know. And then you were telling me an interesting fun fact. I did. Not only he is leaving. Oh, yeah. So I don't know how many people are on the board specifically, but I knew there was at least five, maybe six. And three of them have left right after appointing him the CEO. Now, their defense, oh, it's going to make noise. Uh, their defense in this story is that we've been working on this departure for a long time. And does anybody believe them? Nope. Now, what I want to know, and I guess I just haven't read too much about it, because this is kind of an Andrew Bailey topic, because you know, it's kind of Mozilla-y. Um, well, it is. 
Yeah, and I kind of want to know what happened to the old guy. What happened to Kovacs? Where did he go? Because I remember Kovacs. I don't remember what his first name is. Maybe that is his first name. Whoever Kovacs was, where did he go? Why, why did he leave? I don't know. No one knows. Yeah. Okay, so Minnow. Everyone loves Minnow. I've never heard of it. Tell me about it. Well, we, we kind of talked about it last year. Did we? Last year? That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, Um. you know, we've talked about Pies and all those other things. Oh, like, those uh, lame computers? Well, they're not designed to be... Computers that you'd actually use to check email and do other things. Like, oh, okay, um, right. Like, you know, the little Arduino um, yeah, yeah. things. So this is actually the, the exact same size. It's uh, 3.9 inches um, by 2.9, so it's a little rectangle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so last year, there were $200 for the things, and that was just because it was Intel's open source thing, and you had to buy the Intel hardware and all the other things, and Intel has a premium price associated with them. Kind of. Um, but now that it's been out for a year and stuff, now they, ha- they have two new models, a high-end one and a... N- I'm not saying low end it, but it is lower. The the, the starter edition. Okay, that's um, fine. Has a um, new Intel Atom. It's a 1.46 gigahertz um, single core, and it's because it's got the new battery or something. It's got only five watts of power drawn. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. And so, so you know how my Arduino is that size. That actually, I don't know how many watts it draws. I never, I haven't measured it. Um. But it's 16 megahertz. Mm. This is um, 1.46 gigahertz. Um, and when you buy it now, you get a free breakout board, so you can actually hook it up to things. Um, I know very little about this, but um, they're they're trying to. They brought the price down in half because people were still buying Beagle boards and mm-hmm. other other products that were that. So what is the price now? Um, so the price for this one is actually ninety nine dollars. That's actually um, really aggressive. And so you get the breakout board, and you get the AC. So the AC wall adapters are um, some sometimes they're ten bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, uh, from what I understand, you get an SD card, the breakout board, and the wall adapter all in the box with it, um, along with a USB cable. So, like in terms of processing power, then how would that compare to like a Raspberry Pi? Faster. Much faster, or just faster? Mm-hmm. I mean. For what you're actually doing, because you, I mean, it's still if you compared it to your i7, well, right, forty-seven seventy. Well, I mean, it doesn't even exist. Like, what if you would like compare it to like a regular person's computer, like a Core Two? Um, incredibly slow. But so let's say you were just hooking up a bunch of um, accelerometers and other mm-hmm. things, and you just wanted to record data or something. Right? Yes, because yeah. um, a lot of people like seismic the... readings. Or um, one of the re- interesting Raspberry Pi projects I saw was like this prosthetic leg that came out a few weeks ago. Um, like when you're just doing computations like mm-hmm. that, there's no need for difference. an i7, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, like comparing it to the Raspberry Pi, there's there's not really a strong difference there. Okay. No. Um, and so then, why would I get this versus a Raspberry Pi? That's one of the drawbacks. Okay. So uh, many of these products, because there's, there's now um, much faster beagle boards and all the other things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a community driven thing. And who it's basically whoever APIs you like better and whatever right. you like developing for. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is for, this is not for people like me who just want to do nothing. Like they just want to just turn things on and off. It's, it's for something who has something that they want to build mm-hmm. and it's uh, really high end. Uh, so well, it doesn't apply to, you know, if you just wanted to tinker, this wouldn't be what you wanted. But no, if... you you want something cheaper and something because right. with my Arduino, I can make an LED cube and all the other. And things then you can burn it out exactly, and it's okay. Um, you know, it's what twenty bucks. I burned up twenty dollars yeah. trying to hook it up to a car battery. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't a car battery; it was those lantern batteries. Yeah, I know. Uh, you meant. But it still burned the same way. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Um, well, 
That's good. Speaking of burning the same way, remember USB and how you turn it and then you turn it again and then turn it again, it would work? Yeah, on April's only. April Fool's Day only. No, no, that, that was every day of the year. Oh, bad yeah, flaw. That was yes. the continuous year-round joke. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you remember how a few months ago we were talking about USB 3.1 and the new Type-C connector that would be coming along with it? It was kind of the industry-standard lightning cable clone. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have a finalization that will be coming in July, but we do have a rendering of what they think they'll be finalizing. So, if you ever looked at a regular and traditional USB port, you notice how, like, there's uh, kind of like a big rectangle in the middle of the port, sort of. Mm-hmm. You know that rectangle where yeah. the contacts meet on one side of it? Mm-hmm. Well, imagine that, but just, like, way smaller. Way smaller? Like, literally way smaller. And then imagine just snapping it in half. Because that's exactly what's going to happen. They've really, really just made no sense by doing this. Instead of making it very much like the lightning adapter, they have put in, you know, it's, it's, it's almost identical to micro USB in the sense that there's a pedestal that the contacts have to meet at instead of having the contacts on the side of the, on the, on the plug itself being the pedestal. It's like, uh, you have to have the outlet and then insert something into the outlet instead of having the prongs on the thing you're inserting. It's really bizarre. Um, we'll have to see how it works, though. What, what do you think about it? You can see the picture. Um, I hope it's modular on whatever device it's installed where you can replace it when it snaps off. But... Uh, you again, you cannot replace these things. Look, it's gonna break. I know so, it is. Yeah. Um, when you have it plugged in on a laptop and then you tilt up, it's gonna snap. snap. Yeah, effortlessly. Um, it's 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 just it's waiting to happen. It is. Now um, it's not like the uh, lightning adapters are any less susceptible. As you were talking about how uh, in the fringe we were talking about how it'd be nice if the lightning adapters weren't so flimsy that they'd just snap off because the iPhone five is just so heavy. Oh yeah, because we were talking back to the old thirty pins where you can actually dock it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you can't. no docks can use that. Contacts. No, like they have to have a. Well, I mean, now it doesn't matter. You can just dock it for power and then just Bluetooth everything else. But you yeah. need it like a kind of like a cradled section of the plastic to hold it. Yeah. So hopefully, if it gets finalized by July, we'll see it in five years. Oh, no, we could probably see it in three. Well, so that's what um, uh, our good friend John Syracuse was arguing about. Um, you know, John, he was basically saying that if this is a good implementation, people will recognize that, wow, this doesn't suck. And then we'll quickly adapt to it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know how much you hate going to Target to get groceries, right? I love Target. You love Target? I do. Oh, well. But you know how much you love using those other services like uh, Go for Groceries and um, what's that? Well, Schwann's Delivers. I've personally that. never used those. However, my grandmother, because she's recluse and doesn't leave her house, she's been tempted into using those services. But none of them, for some reason or another, take EBT. I can believe that. Yeah. I, I could actually pretty much believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what she needs to do is sign up for the invitation to be allowed to try out Amazon Dash. And move to San Francisco. <laughs> yes. That is the um, uh, key point there. So the Amazon Fresh thing is... Did you, do you remember what that is? Yeah. What is um, it? It's their grocery. So it's like so we we you can actually get like Cheez-Its and other store to door grocery. Yeah, like not any you can't get apples or bananas from um, from fresh you can. But not here. No, not here. Not here. But or you you can get foods and other things. Mm-hmm. Um and so what they have now is a small it looks like a keychain um and you can probably put it on your keychain. 
Um, and let's, it has a barcode scanner on it. So you press the scanning button and it scans stuff. And it also has a microphone where you can say, you can leave little notes and other things and you can use voice dictation to say how many, to specify quantities and what items. So let's say you were in your kitchen and you ran out of peanut butter. You'd scan the peanut butter jar and then the next day you'd have peanut butter again. Right. Um, or if you wanted to scan an apple, apples don't inherently have barcodes. So you'd press the microphone button. No, but um, I was reading about uh, lemons and other non-perishables. Like they're gonna get, they're gonna start etching barcodes on them Micro with barcodes. lasers. That's cool. Yeah. No. Um. So it, real barcodes. Real barcodes. So you can scan it right at the register. Feel, feels difficult. Oh, they're burned with lasers. Seems like a costly overhead. But but so let's say I was working at a Rainbow Foods and somebody brings up some green thing. I'm be like, what I'd is this? I'd expect you, manager. As an um, like to avoid. Can, can stuff you do like your that, professional manager help? No. Oh um, darn. But so you just t- you just tap the button and then you'd explain to it what you want and then you'd have to confirm it and stuff. Um, so on smartphones or tablets and or I have right. a video. We'll play a little bit of it. Do you, you want to hear? Oh, of it? I would love to hear children. If you're like me, I get tired of always running out of stuff. It gets pretty frustrating. That's where Amazon Dash saves the day. With that simple design, it makes ordering groceries a piece of cake. Just hold down the voice button and say anything you want. It's always ready to go. Chocolate chips. And the barcode scanner is really fun to use. You never have to worry about being out of something you need. With Amazon Dash, you can order over 500,000 items. Guitar strings. Strawberry yogurt. So it's not just for, you know, food. It can be for any Amazon product, sort of. Yeah, over 500,000. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I It's guess, a trial thing. Yeah, it is a trial thing, and it's only for, you know, fresh users. And, and it's invite only, so I'm, I don't know how many people are 20. actually getting... Tw- Really? No. Oh, man, you had me. Uh, wasn't hard. You know, yeah. I'm not hard. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, it's, man. So, Intel. Oh, those guys again. Yeah, you know, uh, Intel is doing their Atom lineup, and I'm pretty sure Blade Trail is Atom, right? It's kind of Atom, yeah, it's, but it's new Atom. Like, it's, it's not just sucking anymore. It's better than that. So, Bay Trail came out a while ago. I think it was sometime last year, mm-hmm. early last year. The next one is called Braswell. I can believe that. That's a good name for it. Is it? Well, the key improvements, of course, here are battery life and performance, which is always what the Atom line is not known for. It will be aimed specifically at Chromebooks, though, because Chromebooks apparently are making Intel so happy by taking up all the Pentium 4s they had left over from five years ago. Oh, that's good. Yeah, isn't it? Now, in addition to that, uh, it, you might not just see it in Chromebooks, you might actually see it in Android phones, because apparently Intel has spent the last few months working on the official KitKat 4.4 port to a 64-bit architecture of Braswell. Hmm. So that's pretty cool, right? So you might actually get to see this in a phone someday, some year. That's actually kind of nice. Now, we don't know when this is actually coming out, because, well, you know, Amazon, I mean, uh, Intel didn't actually say... But, uh, you know, I, I suppose it would come out sometime by the end of this year. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, uh... It's kind of nice. It is. Mm-hmm. 
So, you remember um, a few years back, um, like 11.4, when Natty Narwhal first came out? They, uh, the they, good days. The, 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 this is the start of the bad days. It was okay um, then. 11.04, it was okay. Yeah, um, but that was the start of the Ubuntu 1. Um, oh, Never when he started getting all the free file storage and all the other things. Never used it once. Um, but I did. Um, it was actually a okay service and stuff. But they're closing today. Um, so um, I think we talked about the Google uh, storage prices it was are a dropping. Huge bump in storage yeah. pricing. And free storage wars aren't a um, sustainable industry for us. And I don't we see those continue. words anywhere on this page. I brought a different page. Okay. Um. But they could not stay free in that market because well, I mean, they lose. Canonical was losing like money. It's not sustainable. When, when how much did you get from Ubuntu One? Uh, I had four gigs, but I guess now it's well, it was twenty five. Okay, fine. So from Sync alone, you get or Sync. I mean, OneDrive, you get twenty five gigs. From Dropbox, you can get ten base. I think from from box, co- from copy, I got 50. yeah, from from Box, you get a bulk ton. From copy, you get a ton. Um, and Google now for. What twenty dollars a year? You get a hundred. Mm-hmm. It's free, basically, at that price for over the time of a year. So yeah, no, Ubuntu One could never compete with that. And one thing I haven't seen yet is a timeline of when they're shutting down. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, Ubuntu One starting today will not be included in the next Ubuntu OS, which is what eleven or fourteen oh what fourteen oh four. Yes. So it's this month. Do you really believe that they've it, already pulled it's actually... them? Yeah, they must have already pulled them. Uh, it will formally shut down in June 2014. Users will be able to download their existing files until the end of July, and then that's it. However, the Ubuntu One sign-on service will still be on. So what does that mean? I don't know. Like I don't know what it. So oh. what about all the music I bought? I think it'll still be on your computer. Okay. Hmm. I just I just think the storage is what's going. That's well. Um. Yeah. Uh, don't don't. But you don't see, mind. they used Ubuntu One for the their store, their music, mm-hmm. and their it's small suspicious. video. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, honestly, all those things should go. <laughs> yeah, that store just alone is the worst. Yeah. So speaking of the worst, the UK is apparently the worst. We're talking about them, not us, because we're better, but not by much. The UK public sector, specifically the government, I guess, right? Is that such a yeah, yeah. They will be paying Microsoft around nine million USD to provide updates for Windows XP, Office 2003, and Exchange 2003 for 12 months, or what is known to Matt as a year. Whatever comes first. Just it's hard to say. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and surprisingly, this is only costing them about eleven dollars and twenty-five cents per computer because they're putting these updates onto how many computers did you say? Eight hundred thousand. Eight hundred thousand. So that's actually pretty reasonably priced, but I don't think that's how the pricing works. Yeah, um, so I'm just wondering low. how many people are actually going to continue to do this, and I hope they because this is the first time I've heard of this. This isn't even the U.S. So I knew this was a program Microsoft was offering because uh, I, I read some of the Microsoft Enterprise blogs. However, I didn't know what the terms and conditions were, and I didn't know what the pricing scheme was. And I am clearly certain nobody knows for sure, unless it might, must be case by case. Definitely, they, they should be able to hose non-public sectors for even less. So you were you were asking like, would would our favorite school district here locally buy into this because they have a you know? Well, they've they've four, tied up four 8, million computers. dollars for 
three school years from now. Right. So, and I would say no, they just don't have the capital and they don't definitely don't have the initiative to pay a company to do something for them such as this. Now, one of the things I raised as a point to this is let's say that this happens. Let's say that the UK government or whatever this group is, they pay their nine million and they get updates. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say Microsoft can fix, you know, pretty good nine out of 10 vulnerabilities. Yes. The one vulnerability that let, lets them get through, a virus will get on. Okay, cool. Then that network is screwed. Yeah. Okay, fine. Maybe the antivirus will catch it. Maybe. But then let's say an enterprising virus writer figures out, hey, well, why even bother writing viruses to target this now? Why don't instead, I won't care about these 800,000 computers because that's, you know, pocket Very, change in, <clears throat> in compared to the XP the base. Let's just find a leaked copy of the patches and let's just go mug all the other 29% of Windows XP users instead. That, that shows what's been targeted. Isn't that the definition mm-hmm. of a zero day or maybe a one day attack? <laughs> like they'll need to reverse engineer, obviously. But this is the problem with even having Microsoft paid for updates. Somebody will still get mugged if they're using XP. I mean, it won't be everybody. It'll people be are getting somebody. mugged now for using XP. Yes, but it's still okay because virus traders are holding back until two days from now. Two days, yeah. Two days. Two days now. By XP. This would be the time when Andrew Bailey inserts the Windows XP closing sound. <laughs> Just like that. Something. Not anywhere near close. So, um, you've, you've heard of, like, uh, Apple in a car, right? It's not actually called that, but um, uh, there's always these other things. But Microsoft um, is going to have Windows in the car, or at least it might since uh, it's just a concept. Um, it might very well be a successor to Sync. So they have but... a working concept. It's pretty nice. I don't know if it's a prototype or just a video they made, but you can see it in action in the video, and it's actually pretty nice looking. You know, it, it brings those, um, like, I don't know, I, I was going to say uh, Zune UI features, but it's really not Zune. It's really modern UI now, isn't it? Yes, it is. It brings that modern UI. It has that Windows Start button. It has, you know, white text with boxes, and it has overlays upon graphics. It looks nice. Now, will the industry be able to pull it off? I so, doubt it. I looked at the pictures that they had on there, and mm-hmm. so one thing about cars is that their their branding is everywhere. If you look at my mm-hmm. steering column, you see the Dodge logo. You look at the yep. dash, there's there's Dodge everywhere. Have you noticed the distinct lack of any? Well, they were making it a fictional car, obviously. Yes, it's completely fictional. Wow. Um, I can't even tell what they're trying to go off. So, do you know if anyone is in particular? Like, are they trying to get to uh, Ford to do it? So, or? Uh, well, so the reason I think it's a Sync successor is because Sync, for quite some time, was a huge gimmick for Ford, yeah. and it wasn't necessarily Microsoft's fault that Sync didn't sell well. It was that Ford didn't do a very good job at telling people what it was supposed to do. And Sync happened in that gulf between, like, Microsoft's vision for the future. Like, it happened post-iPhone, but before Windows 8. So it happened in that gulf of, we well, don't know what we're doing. So I think it's being targeted at all of the Fords, Kias, BMWs, Nissans, and Fiats that are listed here in this article. Oh, they're... <laughs> I didn't quite see that. No, no, don't worry about it. So apparently those are the companies that Microsoft has worked with in the past to create interfaces. So presumably they'd sell it to them again. Um, is there a timeline or anything? Or? No, I wouldn't put any weight into a timeline. I, I just don't know if it's... Do you really think... Like, how much... How expensive of a car would you need to get this? Would it be in your next Prius? No. Why? Because the Prius, as far as I can tell, uses some weird proprietary e-ink-like display thing. 
It's really bizarre. It's not an LCD, as far as I can oh, tell. It's very, but you can see it even well, in a day. Let me rephrase. It's not a colored LCD. Yeah. And just going to personal preference, I would never buy a car that had a screen in it. Why not? Um, I like my consoles clear. Like, would you really want a giant navigation screen and all those other things inside of your car? It'll take up valuable no, space. I don't. Um, I would never. Well, I I don't care for that reason. I just think that it would get old too fast. Exactly. That's my problem with it. Um, and the more th- like you know how you um you wouldn't used to buy DVD players inside of a TV because that's just one more thing mm, to break. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't. Now, you know what'd be, be even worse though is if. This came out, and then the driving control systems were also integrated into that stack. Man, it'd just be crashing left and right. I don't mean the car. I mean the system. Yeah. So what were they really going to change about this that's going to be different than Sync? Like, well, this is a lot more integrated than Sync into the Windows integrated, ecosystem. How so? Windows ecosystem. So Sync... So there's going to be Angry Birds. So, like, in Sync, you'd press a button on your steering wheel, and then you could say, play bulk bag songs, and then it would do so. Mm-hmm. This has a design paradigm gram, and it has a design style that's, you know, Windows-based. Presumably, it could interface better with real things. And it's also just new. Like, Sync was kind of like, you know, it's new. Sync was like the Windows Mobile, like the Windows 6 compared to the Windows Phone 7 series phone. Like, it changed radically between that timeline. Yeah. We don't really know. We'll find out. Yeah. So remember last week we talked about the new Office suite for the iPad? Yeah. And how it was amazing wonderful. that Everybody was. loves it. Well, so it's been available for, what, 12 days now? Yeah, I think so. Uh, seven. Seven-ish days now. Really? Yeah, it's only been about a... Week? Week, eight days. Yeah, okay, I don't know. Either way, they've already hit 12 million 12 downloads. 12 million downloads. 12 million after a week of being released. No, that is that is among three apps, though, right? Oh, well, yeah. Um, like so the Word, like, Excel, and PowerPoint. So what is that, like 4 million apps, uh, app downloads per app? So I guess that's fine. I mean, once people initially see it... Now, which one do you think was downloaded most? I'm guessing Word. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And then after Word, PowerPoint. PowerPoint. And then Excel. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, who uses Excel, right? I mean, on the tablet, it's kind of, I imagine, hard to use. Harder to use, yes. Yeah. I totally agree with and you. Word is just because everyone uses it, and PowerPoint because it actually might be nice. Well, to have I mean, it on. imagine as, uh, imagine how many of that 12 million, how many people do you think had or bought? Just bought 365 the, the, the for the extra $30? Well, yeah. So how many of those people do you think were in that market already? 12 million. Really? Um, I don't think a lot of people bought it immediately then. I think. You know, maybe half, maybe six million people already had Office 365, which is actually probably a gross over-exaggeration on those numbers. But then a lot of people are just using Word as a reader for now. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's going works. to be the popular And it's free to try. But even not to see if it works, I'm sure people believe that it works just as a reader permanently. Yeah. And that's probably fine, too. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get documents onto it to read. Oh, gosh, I know. It's Isn't terrible. Is it a sandbox to do? Mm-hmm. Would you just tell me how nice ES File Explorer was? Yeah, I did tell you that. Didn't I tell you that? Yeah, you did. Yeah, and then you bought one the next day. So, Android TV is a thing. Let's buy now. Nexus TV, gone. Android TV, let's rebrand. No? Okay. No, I, I hope not. No? Okay. Well, my, my evil plan for getting a bunch of money failed. So, the Android TV... Uh, I hope you're looking at the screenshots right now while we're doing the show, because if you've ever seen these screenshots before, you've probably been looking at the Kindle Fire, I mean the Fire TV screenshots that we previously had out. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They, they uh... Look remarkably not dissimilar. D- okay. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the classic and iconic Google Now translucent 
search bar is on the top of the screen. You can somehow click on the microphone to launch a voice search. And mm. yeah, this is identical in every way to what the Fire TV was going to do. And somehow it leaks in the same week. I think not. Uh, well, it did. Yeah, right. It did. But it wasn't coincidence. Yeah. It was planned. Now, of course, Google declined to comment on all points raised here by The Verge, which apparently is the one and only new source. So we don't know anything about hardware. What do you think of the interface? That's all we have. It's fine. It, now, it looks fine. Got a trick question for you. Will it go to the Chromecast? No. No, that is the answer. Because there's no way the Chromecast which can barely transition fluidly between one picture and another picture, will ever be able to support something so box-shadowy as this. But there's still going to be a place for the Chrome Stick. Oh, yeah. So what I thought the Chrome Stick could do with this in conjunction... So imagine you bought this for the primary TV in your house, right? So yeah. let's say this is 100 bucks and the Chrome Stick's are 35 mm-hmm. For peripheral TVs, though, you could use this as the origin and then the peripheral Chromecast to stream whatever you want from here to those. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to buy ever one of these, but then just buy Chrome sticks for everybody else. That seems really nice to me. Because imagine you're doing the streaming on this because you're not in the living room. You're just over there in the corner. Uh, you know, and you're in the bedroom, you're in the den or something. Hmm. I think you could uh, make a pretty workable solution for that. I think it would be nice. We'll see. Yeah. I think one of the reasons they need to do this is they have no... If the Chrome stick just, just doesn't have enough power, it doesn't have a 600 in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. There's a lot of screenshots you can look for and at. Um, it's all, you know, pretty standard TV style stuff. Just look at the Fire TV. You'll get the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, got some bad news possibly for you. <sighs> it's um, pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so there's some screenshots leaked that are allegedly the new UI of the uh, Gmail app and some of the web apps. Yeah. Um, and it's different. So um, there's a big blue bar on top. The, I like that. But it doesn't um, match anything. And yeah, it keeps it's a lot more white space. Um, so it, it just it's crazy. Looks I don't wrong. Know, I don't it, it understand what I'm looking at. Yeah. It, we don't I don't I personally don't think these are real. I don't either. So um, let me let's go over the reasons I don't think they're real. The spacing is off. Like, the spacing here is not used on Android anywhere. It's used on the web, but not on Android. Okay, that's problem one. Number two is that blue has never been used anywhere else in Android, especially not for any official app, so that's suspicious. Number three is look at the uh, Android UI in general. Look at the top. Like yeah, with the face, the, the the bar, the thing. Have you ever seen that weird end thing? Uh, no, I don't know what that is. I've never seen that battery icon. If you look at your Android four point yeah, device, in- your battery goes up and down. Android screenshots released from Google are always on a Nexus device. Yeah, or at least on a stock version of a Google OS. So, and uh, look at those Wi-Fi bars. He's got. <sighs> I'm feeling these pretty fake. Yeah. So, and the way things are blurred out. Well, um, obviously, the person didn't want their email address to be leaked if it was real. No, but like the the pictures of the people and. Oh well, you know, actually, that could be reasonable. So, like, if you imagine um, the current Gmail app, how there's a W here for what is this Wells Fargo? Mm-hmm. Instead of having a W, you might have a fake person represent that person. Also, that blur out could be a blur out to protect the identity of this person. Hmm. So, I suppose either way works. 
Yeah, but uh, either way, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope and it doesn't plus, happen. Even if it was going to happen, there are some lots of people are saying negative things about this. Yeah, I hope Google realizes um, that changing the Gmail app will bring anger to the world, to everyone. Yes. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, Google Plus. Google Plus has notoriously been chided for not having anybody using it. Do you agree? No, I, I use it more than I use Facebook. Right, exactly. A lot of people I know here on the Nexus use the product that Google makes that also makes a phone called the Nexus. Whatever, it has nothing to do with each other. But Google Plus has always been suspiciously looked at. And, uh, you know, people have always uh, said that Google was doing bad things with Gmail. You know, like when you sign up for a Gmail account, you automatically get a Google Plus account that's marked as active. So... Today, or sometime this week, Google has released a new number on your Google Plus page. If you go to your profile, you will see a number right below how many people are following you. And that number is how many times your page has been viewed, your profile has been viewed. Now, um, I'll put my link right here in the doc so that you can see it. But uh, if you click on that and then you look right right under my name and my avatar, you'll see I have 221 followers, so not many people, but I have 300,000 views. That's a ton. That's a ton of views. Now, how many of those were the Google bots? None. None. Doubt it. I, I doubt it so much. You shouldn't doubt that much. So it's cool that they're doing this. Now, I noticed this before the official press release. You're going to ask, how could that be possible? Well, I was doing my weekly Nexus TV spamming. So the Nexus TV Google Plus account spams the universe with, uh, you know, some stuff you know, promotional posts. And um, I noticed that when I scrolled down, I would see how many followers we had. We only have 19 followers. Kind of sad. We need more followers. Follow us if you're listening. Still. Yeah. And we have 18,000 views. Well, So, you know, some metrics are bad. Some metrics are bad. Some metrics are good. Now, do you think it's views on the profile? Or do you think it's some other kind of weird count? Because 18,000 seems like a lot for our little page here. It's got to be something else. And so um, I looked at one of your pictures of the cat. Yes, and most I, adorable I the thing. one person who liked it, yeah. uh, the Lauren... Lenora Rantia. She yes. gets a ton of views. Um, yeah. Her views five is million? 5 million. Yeah. And Isn't that amazing? That's, that's a ton. Yeah. Um, now, apparently she is popular. So that is a true yeah. thing. But I don't know well, how... She it does have a very cute dog. Very. Um, so who knows? Um, and you'll never know. No, you won't Ever. know. So let's look at Ian Buck because I looked at him earlier and he he was an interesting candidate. Ian Buck has six hundred thousand views, so he's double what I have. Hmm. That that because he he's Google Plus aficionado. Is... Now let's see what you have. You have eleven thousand. Oh, wow! I'm so the numbers I'm here. Dope. Wow! Yeah, I know. So the, is... so the numbers here are very very That's suspicious. My night. I'm glad something did it. And it's probably not because I had dominoes. Not yet. So I don't know how they're counting these things. And clearly, just like boosting the numbers with Gmail users, they're boosting the numbers here somehow too. Because that is not an official number. Like, we don't get that kind of traffic with literal analytics from Google on our actual website. So it's very suspicious. It's fine. Okay, fine. Be that way. Yeah. Okay. Hey, do you remember um, a while ago... um, there was a talk about releasing the Ara project thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was, I didn't, I didn't follow we, it at all. I, I didn't follow it. I didn't want to tell you about it because you might be interested. So, no, uh, it's dismal. Yeah, um, dismal. So we got a video to play. Yeah. Um, so and, before that, briefly, what Aria was is Aria, Ara, Aria, 
Aura. Aura. Aura is the modular phone. It's kind of the successor of phone blocks, I think. What was a Kickstarter? Yes. So uh, you could... And this was a part of Motorola before it was sold off, but this is part that they kept. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? It yeah. sucks. So currently we are at Google, and I'm going to show you the team behind Project Ara. Thank you. And it was just so pretty, I had to make it my background. So. It is pretty. So you're the technical guys behind Project Ara. So I'm Ara Kanayan, I'm the mechanical workstream lead. And I'm Seth Newberg, uh, I lead the electrical engineering and software teams. So this is our application processor board, booting Android, and it has the display and touchscreen attached. We're using this board to test the operating system and write our software, our apps, and drivers. But it is the interface block where the connection is made. Put this on here, powers up. Slide this in here, and it holds only weekly. You have to hold it down against it to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay. now it's on. Cool, I'm not sure if the question lost power, but it's okay. You don't need <laughs> yeah, power. It doesn't need power, it's a hold, right? That's magic. So I'm Daniel McCoskey. I head up design for Google's Advanced Technology and Projects Group. When we created this modular phone and we realized that electro-permanent magnets would be able to keep it all together, and we realized we wouldn't have to cover it, we ended up deciding that embracing this block and modular aesthetic, it was part of the phone. Let's not hide it. Let's not put it behind the cover. Perhaps the best design statement we could make was that this phone can flow and adapt just as much as our lives flow and adapt. And that in itself is an aesthetic. So my name is Jeff Blank. I'm with 3D Systems. Uh, and so the 3D Systems... So what do you think about the idea of a modular phone? I love the idea. And phones used to be a lot more modular until... Everybody started making four them years thinner, ago. Yeah. as thin as possible. Yeah. 25% thinner every year. And that, that has forced everything to be soldered straight to the board. Mm-hmm. Um, Even removable batteries, replaceable batteries, have been kind of eliminated from a lot of phones. Like the iPhone, nothing. You yeah. can't replace that um, at all. The Nexus devices have been pretty repairable. Um, but you can't do them on a user level. You can do it as a yeah. tinkerer level. And to me, that's fine. No, I don't um, think that's fine at all. I would love so, to have a removable battery. It would be wonderful. What I would love to have... So you saw how there was about like nine segments? I think so, yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to have two batteries? Yeah, definitely. And so you could have a smaller one on one side... So you could have your phone stay on while you slide out the main battery and put in a new Because, you know, that battery. restarting phase takes forever. And then it's so, such an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. But if you could just pop the two out, um Or it would be what great. if it had a solid state drive and it could reboot in nine seconds? Oh, wait. But still, I would not want to... What if somebody was calling me during that? What if I was... You How know, often does this happen? Well... Uh, I have 11,000 views. I'm a popular man. Well, so I guess in that respect, then, I feel like what you're asking for really isn't two batteries. What you're asking for is one real battery that doesn't suck so that you could literally go for a day without needing to charge it. And then by the time um, you got back home, you'd still have 12 hours of battery life left and then you wouldn't need to ever have a drained battery. And the other thing is, like you were bringing up earlier, you would just want the best parts. So we talked about this extensively in the Fringe when we previewed this video to make sure we wanted to watch it. 
Well, what I wondered is, when I buy a phone, if I'm buying on contract, I'm going to buy the most expensive phone because it's always going to be $200. Yes. So, I would get the best phone, e.g. the best parted phone, best spec phone. Now, I bought a Nexus 5 because it was $350, minus 400 but whatever. I'm going to buy the best parts possible for my price range. Mm-hmm. And what does this offer versus anything else? Well, I guess it offers forward, expand, forward, future fixing. Like, if in two years, the cameras get better, you can just swap in a new camera. Yes. In um, two years, if the batteries get better, you can swap in a new camera. I guess in two years, if the processors get better, you might be able to switch in a processor. But and. two years is kind of your rebuying cycle. Exactly. So what does this really do for you? Nothing. But what they could do is they could make... So on a phone, what breaks? The battery breaks, and the, screen. the camera breaks, and the screen breaks. I think the screen is the biggest thing. Screen and the charging port cable. Oh, yeah, right. And, and so on the Nexus 4, that is modular. That is not soldered on. You can open up your phone and you could swap that. Um, and so the Nexus 4 is... Hard to take apart. Um, also, could, it voids your warranty. does void your warranty, but they could change things a little. Like, they don't yeah, have to right. lock it down so tight. Well, they don't have to make um, it the thinnest thing possible. And so, they're showing those high earth magnets, something mm-hmm. or others. Yep. Two screws are going to be cheaper. Um, yes, but they need to make it compatible for normal people. People can't do screws. And also, screws would make it very deep. Using magnets take no space. Except for the space to... Have the magnet? Yeah, but that's minimal. If they like, can do what they say. Do you know how thin these threads are on these screws? Yeah, but I feel like there's a reason. It's cool. But there's... Like, I don't I don't understand. Like, so you raise a great point. How How is this going to ever be cheaper than just buying a phone well, made out of screws? No, I mean, I, I'm all for having a modular camera thing. Like, um, yeah, I would okay. love to be able to pop the back spring plate off and put in a new camera. Mm-hmm. I should just be able to pull two screws out very carefully. But, like, a consumer can't take something apart it needs to be swappable snap the cap off. there has to be an expectation that you can take off like a I lot of everyone so. knows how to remove their battery from their phone yeah but there's no screws it's just a spring plates and that's fine pop the spring plate off and pull out the camera assembly there's no reason why i can't plug in yeah well i mean that's fine as long as there's no screws and so the solution to that was to do this magnet thing Yes. It's really cool. And so things can be completely modular. Like, like you know how you unplug your the USB on your webcam? It would just be like that, and it would have the three right. or four prongs, and ju- that will just be enough to hold it on. And then you had the heavier-duty spring plant on the plate right. to hold it on. Well, more. so one of the things they said here is they didn't even need to do the plate, the backing, because the magnets were strong enough to do it for them. Yes, but how much do you think that adds so to the bad. cost? Well, it depends. It's... How, plastic spring clips will always be cheaper. Yes, but they won't make a very great experience. The experience of unzipping and zipping a magnet will be wonderful. I can imagine it now. I just, I think it's a little too crazed. I think it's uh, impractical. I don't see why it's ever going to be more effective than just buying the best phone at the time you buy it. Like, I'm on a one-year cycle, and as presuming I have a job in N years, I will always be on an N-year cycle where N is one. Yeah, and I could totally see once you have a nice job, you'll have five phones, because you'll just have to have... Well, you know, you're going to need a Cortana phone, a Siri phone, and a Now phone. And then just for laughs, a Firefox. I was thinking a BB-10 phone, but okay. <laughs> no, no, that that's for... Um... You immediately laughed, though. <laughs> caught Tears. you. Yeah, caught you. Okay, so uh, just a few more things, and then we can get out of here. So, 
due to a lawsuit against Samsung for something, you know, they do that a lot, right? Apple has had to reveal some emails um, as a part of this, you know, lawsuit. And um, one of these such emails is from our good friend who has died quite a while ago now. How many years ago? Three. 2011, so three years ago. Steve Jobs. This email is, uh, I believe, uh, to Phil Schiller. This, this is a message from Jobs. This is him detailing the 2011 strategy, the year he died in. So this is from 2010, detailing what his plans or the company's plans at large were for 2011. So let's go through this list. The plus iPhone 4 with a better antenna, processor, and camera. That became the 4S, of course, right? Yeah, and I, I love it when marketing names change. Right. I, it's kind of fun to it hear the It seems old name. real. Yeah. Plus iPhone 4. That's so cool. Um, they wanted to have LTE versions in mid-2012. Yeah. They wanted to have a low-cost iPhone model based on the iPod Touch to replace the 3GS. Mm-hmm. That's the most illuminating to me in this area because it showed they acknowledged the high-end iPhone was too much, and they acknowledged that the iPhone Touch was or iPod Touch was wonderful, and they also acknowledged that the 3GS was a disgusting piece of crap. Uh, they wanted to be competitive in business. They wanted to show uh, show Droid and Rim ads up. I guess <laughs> they wanted a Verizon iPhone. Do you remember when they introduced the Verizon iPhone in like a February, just mm-hmm. out of band update? It was just the weirdest thing. And then, look, there we go. Uh, they wanted to um, work on the iPhone 5 hardware. And of course, they did that, you know, a year later, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what H4 performance is moving along. Uh, they had a new camera. They had cost goals and showing new models. Now, uh, the next section here is about um, some software-like things. Uh, catch up to Android where we are behind notifications, tethering, and speech, and leapfrog them with Siri as a highlight. They knew what Siri was in 2010. They had the idea in 2010. They did the recordings. Right. A long, long time ago. Well, those recordings were from whatever that company was. Uh, I don't remember. I'm getting old. The, the, the thing they bought. It's from Nuance, I guess. So. Yeah. Um, they had a timeline of releases for, uh, iOS, um, they had some ideas for what to do with MobileMe, but they didn't know they were rebranding it from MobileMe to iCloud at this time in 2010. Um, they wanted to tie all the products together. They wanted to make the Apple ecosystem even more sticky. This has always been a part of their plan. They wanted to make MobileMe free for iPad or iPhone 4, iPad, and new iPod Touch users. They wanted to make Find My iPhone. They wanted to make iWork Cloud Storage available. And... Um, yeah, those are some of those uh, some of those points that Steve Jobs made. Now, in a similar vein, Tim Schiller, Tim Schiller, no, Phil Schiller, um, has admitted that those Samsung commercials. Um, do you know those next big thing Samsung commercials? Do you remember those? Oh yes, we uh, know where the Apple people are waiting in line. Yes, and they're hilarious. Yeah, I they? loved them. I know, I love and those. They too. were true. Yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna just uh, insert one right here. So amped, I could stand here for three weeks. I heard this a thousand times. And we're almost in the door. Only seven people stand between us and meeting. Yeah, I mean, this is an event. We're going to remember this for the rest of our lives. I think two people just left. Why would they be leaving when we're only nine hours away? Uh Uh-oh. Blogs are saying the battery looks sketchy. If it looks the same, how will people know I upgraded? 4G? Is it 4G? It doesn't say. Whoa. What you got there? Not sure. What is that? 
Guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, bro. Can we see your phone? Uh, sure. Can I see with my hands? Uh, have you seen this thing? Ooh. She totally caught me checking out her phone. Check out the screen. This thing is huge. It's pretty massive. And it's got 4G speed. It's magnificent. Samsung. Samsung? That's a Samsung. Yeah. Is this what adultery feels like? Samsung. Pretty big display. It's the next thing, man. What else? I could never get a Samsung. I'm creative. So this was a commercial that Samsung aired a couple years ago, I guess. And it was great. I loved and it. And it, it was such an ingenious marketing plan. And using the hype around Apple lineups, you know, lines out the doors against them. And Phil Schiller, which you might know and remember him from his uh, marketing VP position at Apple, drove him crazy. Uh, in an email, it says that just the this new and edgy marketing um, strategy. It drove Apple crazy. And you can read this entire email about, uh, him trying to react to it and what they could do against it. Yeah. And I remember like years and years ago, I used to hate the Apple commercials so much mm-hmm. because you remember the one where the guy is counting at a table, like stacks of money. Yep. And he was like, Oh, Microsoft, instead of making a better product, they just, they just, Count their money all day. They kept, no, they spent all their money on advertising oh, for yeah. the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was Vista. But they uh, were saying it was Vista. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were counting all of Microsoft's adding stuff. Mm. Like it was completely false and wrong because they almost never had an on-screen thing for mm. Vista. No. But they made it sound like they were, even though it was all Xbox. Right. Well, Xbox. Yeah. Not not Xbox anything. Uh-huh. That's funny. Xbox One, the first one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, and finally, WWDC. It's early this year. Well, earlier than Google I.O. anyway. Uh, it will be on June 2nd through the 5th. So, are you ready for that? Mm-hmm. It will be very much like IO in the f- registration process. It's random this year. So instead of a 40 second sellout, it will now be available for you sometime in the next couple of days, weeks, for you to enter the lottery in so that you can do it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so I think, uh, the developers have until the 7th to apply for tickets and then the registration randomly will be notified um, sometime later. Yeah. So register now if you want to go. I'm not going. No, I'm, I'm going to try to go for, to I.O. instead. No, I'm trying to figure out if uh, Domino's is even open. My Google Knowledge Bar says no. That's wrong. But it says it closes at 1. I don't think that's true. But Unless their hours changed. On their Saturday, it says they... Is it Sunday or Saturday? It's, it's Saturday. But they're open till 3 a.m. on Saturday. On Sunday, they don't open till 10. A.M. It's I'm, really I'm guessing it's open. Um, I would just look on their website. Well, I do. Oh, I have it open okay. on their website. And it's different than what the knowledge bar is saying. Yeah. So, so where can we uh, find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me down the street at the local Domino's, a four-minute drive from our current location. Is that is that what the knowledge bar says? That's what the knowledge bar says. It also says they're closed, but I'm really tempted to hit order. Sorry, I, I'm ordering. Okay, where else can we find you on the internet? You can also send me an email at com. Matt at MatthewPetro.com. Like, what about the other one? Not doing that this week? Changing it up? To after listening? what happened to that Mozilla guy, um, yeah, you I might didn't wanna, want to you advertise. Might wanna, um, you might want to lay low. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, do anything big next week? Any big uh, plans? Um, No, just see if they're mad at me on Monday and uh, figure out what's going on with work. Yeah, I, I don't think I work next week either, which I'm so pleased for. However... All sorts of homework all over the place. No midterms, but just all sorts of homeworks. 
Mm-hmm. And no moment. Sam. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I don't think there's any big um, you know like keynotey things next week, so that's good. I don't have to cover those. But hopefully next week's a nice calm tech news week. Yeah, the today was on fire. Yeah, there was a fire TV mm-hmm. and a build. You built the fire. It blew my mind. I know. It, it is the next big thing. It is the next big thing. But anyway, uh, have a good one. Matthew Petrel sent Nazi 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 forever. Hitler 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 Seven is dead, but the three lives on. Man, five seconds is a long time. How about just yes then? Yes, I would like to do a show. Or is that too hard? It's not. It's on the server, but it's not up Petrel line. sent pizza time in a few. Yes, of course it is. Okay, bye, French. I have to go. Pizza time. Oh, do you know who was ordering your pizza today or who the surfer was? Andrew Bailey wants to know. Christopher. Christopher has ordered our Thompson. pizza. Really? Yeah, it says it right here. Christopher Thompson. Christopher Thompson has ordered our Newlywed. pizza. Newlywed.org. <laughs>